this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 91 of the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, it has been a long time now, hasn't it? It's been so long since I last recorded an episode that I couldn't even remember what I had talked about last time. I had to go look up my podcast on the internet, check out the show notes, and remind myself. But hey, I'm back for another 10 episodes, and I'm really excited about the new podcast season, and I'm excited to catch everybody up on all the things that have been going on. I hope that all of you listening have had a wonderful and relaxing summer full of knitting, because that's how every summer should be. I've had a busy several months myself, full of lots of knitting projects, and some bigger projects as well. For instance, if you keep up with my blog, you'll know that I opened up a little yarn shop over the summer. I know, big news. But when I say yarn shop, I really kind of mean knitting boutique, because it's pretty much the smallest shop in the world. I feel kind of weird about calling it a shop. This all came about last spring, when I decided that I really wanted to move my office downtown. You probably already know that aside from designing and self-publishing, I also run a small distribution company called NNK Press, which ships out books and patterns for myself, as well as other designers, to yarn shops all around the world. So anyways, I was in need of a new place to work, and after looking at several vacant office spaces, within my price range, complete with fluorescent lighting, popcorn ceilings, and stained carpeting, I spotted an unlisted storefront with a big for lease sign in the window. And this wasn't just any storefront. This was the most adorable storefront. A tall, big, beautiful building with gorgeous, gigantic windows on a little side street downtown. Now, a full-blown storefront wasn't my original plan, but after I saw this space, the wheels really started turning. I decided to snag up that storefront, put our offices and operations in the back, and set up the front as a cute little store for the retail public. And Never Not Knitting, the retail shop, was born. Owning my own yarn shop has kind of been a secret desire of mine ever since I learned to knit. And when I started the designing and book publishing and distribution business, I really considered that as me going in a different direction. Like, I can't possibly ever be a yarn shop owner because I'm doing all of this stuff now. I really put that dream aside and never considered that it would ever become a reality. And honestly, it probably wouldn't have ever come about if I were to own a traditional yarn shop, a full-service big yarn shop with tons of different yarns and all the needle sizes and everything you would find in your traditional yarn store. But my shop, like I said, is really more of a boutique. I, of course, have the patterns and books distributed by NNK Press there, but also I have some very unique and special handmade knitting notions and accessories as well as three yarn lines that I absolutely love. Quince and Company, Yoth Yarns, and Spin Cycle Yarns. 
all of which you've heard me talk about on this podcast in the past. I'm very happy to have these yarns in my store because they're all a bit rare. You can't find them just anywhere and everywhere. And having these rather rare lines is very important to me. Having such a tiny space to work with, I really only want to stock unique specialty items and make a conscious decision to support other artisans and small companies like myself. So if you ever happen to be traveling down the California coastline, I hope that you'll stop by my tiny shop, I mean boutique, and say hello. We're located in Atascadero, California, and all of our hours and our address and phone number and all that shop information can be found online. So needless to say, that was the biggest project I undertook this summer. It was admittedly a lot of work moving our office and setting up shop, but now that that initial phase is over, it's been wonderful and quite manageable, actually. I've also been so thrilled by the response we've gotten from knitters. Believe it or not, 90% of our customers are knitters that are coming to visit us from out of town. I always feel so honored that knitters are taking time from their vacation to visit our store and are viewing the Never Not Knitting retail store as a bit of a destination. It's been great to meet so many people from different areas. You know what else is nice? Being surrounded by shelves of beautiful yarn again. It's so inspiring. It's something I missed from my job working at a local yarn shop way back when. I'm not afraid to admit, I have purchased yarn from my own yarn shop. I'm my own best customer. On the knitting front, I've done lots of designing this year so far. Actually, I designed four new patterns during spring and summer for various companies, three patterns to be included in yarn clubs, and one for an online magazine. Unfortunately, most of these came due at the same time I was opening up my yarn shop, which led to lots of late nights, some frantic knitting, and maybe even a few shed tears. I may have even said I will never, ever, ever, ever design again, but, you know, that was in the heat of the moment, and I got over that, of course. Are you sensing a pattern here? How I seem to thrive off of putting myself under tons of pressure? What is wrong with me? One design I already spoke about on the podcast is a secret garden shawl pattern that is now available in kit form from Little Skein in the Big Wool on littleskein.com and will also be released as an individual pattern as part of the Never Not Knitting line come November. The next pattern I did was yet another shawl called Trailing Ivy which was included in the Miss Babs Knitting Tour kit for September also, and I will be releasing that pattern individually next spring. But for now, you can see a little preview of that on Ravelry. I also designed my very first little boys pattern for the new online magazine called Knittin' Little, found at knittinlittle.com. And this is headed by designer Andrea Sanchez, who has been a great friend an awesome sample knitter for me, and who has also contributed a podcast story in the past. So for her, I worked up a cozy garter stitch jacket in the style of a traditional man's suit coat, 
with all of the pockets, button bands, and side vents you would normally find, and even a little notched shawl collar. It's very proper, very gentlemanly, and looks so adorable on my son. It's ridiculous. I appropriately named the jacket pattern Dapper. For all of you with a little boy in your life, I encourage you to take a look at this one. I think you'll like it. This pattern is full of so many special little details, which makes it a fun project, in my opinion. I'm all about the details. This pattern is available right now as a single pattern on knitandlittle.com, and you can find the link through Ravelry as well. Just go in the Patterns tab and type in Dapper. Lastly, I designed something that I love to design, a cabled botanically inspired hat for the August Bird Tea Club, which I will be talking about more in the next segment. So, as you can see, there's been lots of designing going on. Lots. After all of these projects, I took a little break and I decided to knit up some quick and easy baby gifts. First, I made the sweetest pair of knitted baby moccasins that the world has ever seen from the pattern Welcome Mocks by Kate Oates from her new booklet, New Guy. I knit them out of Quince & Company turn yarn, and the project only took about a third of a skein, which was amazing. I gave these sweet little shoes to the knitter Julie Crawford from KnittedBliss.com when I got to meet her in person up in San Francisco this summer. She's expecting her second baby, so I really wanted to give her something special. And I think she really liked him. A few weeks after that, my cousin had a baby shower to celebrate the upcoming arrival of her second baby boy. So I decided to continue knitting out of that little booklet and make up the sweet layette set for her, which consisted of a little sweater called Hello Kimono and the matching hat called Wee Hat. Well, actually, the hat part was kind of an afterthought, really. I initially just set out to make the sweater, which is this cute, short-sleeved, crossover kimono-style sweater with a modern Fair Isle chevron motif going across the front chest. I again used Quince & Company Turn yarn. I picked out my three colors and everything was going great. I set aside an extra skein of the main color just in case, but was hoping I wouldn't need it. But of course, I ended up having to dip into that skein a little bit, after all, to finish the sweater. So here I was left with almost a full ball of yarn, so I used up some of that extra yardage to make the matching hat. The set turned out really, really cute, and I completed it with these adorable little wooden rocket ship buttons that I had found previously, and it's just really, really sweet. So you can find pictures of that on Ravelry or on my blog if you'd like to see that. I have to say it's been maybe years since I knitted anything Fair Isle, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I remember thinking that the last time I did a Farrell project, but for some reason, it's been years in between. I don't know why I never seem to knit color work patterns. It's kind of weird. But there's something very gratifying in watching the beautiful, colorful patterns emerge in your fabric. It was a really nice welcome break from the usual for me. And it was a really nice break after doing all of those design projects too, because that can be really tedious. 
Afterwards, I went on about a three-day Fair Isle binge, which sent me to the depths of the internet searching for the absolute perfect next Fair Isle project. But alas, I really never quite made up my mind on that and never started it. Instead, I picked up another grueling design project, of course. Currently, I'm working on that same design project, a cable-y sort of design. Now, this project is kind of special, also, you know, tedious. This is what I'm trying to do. Let me tell you. My goal here is to end up with a cozy, cable-y shawl knit in worsted weight yarn with a stitch pattern that evolves, moves, and changes the further on that you knit. I want the shawl to incorporate many different knitting techniques to keep it interesting. So there's going to be cables, there's going to be lace and other stitches, but I'm trying to design it in a cohesive way. So it looks like obviously all these stitch patterns go together. What I would really like to do is to break the pattern up into sections and release it piece by piece as a mystery knit along. And I'm sure you've heard of those before, right? You know that you're going to end up with a shawl, but as you're knitting it, you don't really know what it's going to look like. So if I can complete this task, this shawl will be in my typical botanically inspired, textural, cable-y sort of style. But I would really love feedback on this idea of the mystery knit along. If you like that concept, if that sounds like a fun project, I would really greatly appreciate it if you'd send me an email or a Ravelry message or just let me know in your comments under the show notes here how you feel about that. I'd really like to get an idea of how many people are interested in participating in this potential future mystery knit along. I have to admit that the designing on this shawl is a bit slow going, but I'm still working on it. I'm hoping to get it done by winter because that will be the perfect time to wear a cozy cable shawl, don't you think? So in this episode, I wanted to tell you more about the August Bird Tea Time Club. As you probably know, there's lots and lots and lots of clubs editors can sign up for to regularly receive special fun packages in the mail. As I said previously, I designed for three this fall, and each is different from one another. The August Bird Club, however, is centered around my favorite, tea. So immediately I was in. Tea is my beverage of choice, and I'm all about trying fancy new tea. I probably drink between one and five cups of tea every single day. In the Teak Time Club, you receive a special tea blend, hand-dyed August bird yarn, and an exclusive new knitting pattern. Basically everything I love in one package. Now August bird is an independent yarn company located in the Adelaide Hills of South Australia, hand-dyed by artist Rebecca Robinson. The gorgeous skein that Rebecca sent me to create a pattern from is her DK weight Bowerbird yarn, which is spun from 100% ethically grown Australian merino called white gum wool. The wool used in the August Bird yarn lines are from sheep raised on a single farm in the high midlands of Tasmania. 
This wool is traceable and grown with sustainable farming practices, which is really nice to know. I can't tell you too much more about the November Tea Club spot because it's supposed to be a surprise. But just know that if you end up deciding to purchase this club spot, you'll receive a skein of the special Australian hand-dyed wool in a gorgeous fall colorway, my latest cabled hat pattern, and a container of one of the most finest teas I have ever tasted. And I'm not just saying that. This is no joke. I used up that tea so ridiculously fast and also made everyone that came over try the tea. It was so good, and I, I would know, okay? I drank a lot of tea. If you're like me and you love tea and knitting, you're going to really enjoy getting this package in the mail. And guess what? Rebecca Robinson, the creator of Augustbird, is donating a November Tea Club spot to this episode's drawing giveaway. So if you'd like to enter to win the yarn, pattern, and tea, leave a comment with your contact information under this episode's show notes by October 15th. I'll be announcing the winner on the following episode, and Rebecca will be mailing this special package to the winner directly from Australia. Speaking of Rebecca, she has also kindly contributed her own personal knitting story to today's episode. Here is her story entitled, Knitting on the Go. I'm getting quite well known for carrying a huge handbag. Funnily enough, I'm also well known for pulling out a random knitting project from my bag at any given moment. In fact, it's pretty much expected. I think that knitting has really changed over the past few generations. Back in my grandmother's day, the women would all gather together, have little busy bees or stitching or knitting sessions. I remember mum telling me stories of her as a little girl making granny squares with her mum, her grandma and auntie, and how they'd always be working on a blanket together. I'm not saying that we don't have knitting get-togethers now, we do. My mum and I knit together quite regularly but it's not the same as it was back then. There's no guarantee that every woman in your family knows how to knit or even wants to knit, and it's highly likely that a huge percentage of your friends don't knit either. These days, for me anyway, knitting's something that I squeeze in anywhere I can, and it's usually more of a solitary thing. I'm not sure if this is more because most of my friends don't actually knit or if it's just a serious lack of time. But either way, this has led me to what I call knitting on the go. And what I mean by on the go is finding more opportunities to knit, more places to knit than just at home or in a scheduled group. This on the go approach to knitting, I think really started shortly after I had my first baby. I've been knitting on and off since I was a little girl, but I got the bug big time when my friends started having babies and even more when I had a little one of my own to knit for. Shortly after Alex was born, a friend of mine came over and she was wearing this beautiful pair of knitted socks that she'd made for herself. And I was fascinated and I instantly became determined to make some of my own. I straight away bought myself a sock book and before I knew it I was totally hooked and wanted to knit socks all the time. 
One of the things I find so great about knitting, particularly socks and small projects, is that it doesn't take very long to complete a row or two. So it's something that you can quickly pick up, put down very easily. It's something that I can personally stop at a moment's notice and not ruin. I used to be really passionate about ceramics. I loved spinning pots and sculpting with clay. And at one time I even dreamed of having my own pottery studio with a kiln and a wheel and everything that goes along with it. But the thing about ceramics and many other creative pursuits like it is that you have to invest so much uninterrupted time in the preparation and in the creation. Uh, it's messy. If you need to stop, you have to carefully wrap your work so it doesn't dry out. You need to clean up your hands, your clothes and so on whenever you need to stop and do something else. It makes for rather a challenging pastime, especially when there's small children and babies in the mix. Knitting, on the other hand, is just so clean and portable. You don't need much space or tools and you can take it anywhere. One day I absolutely stuffed my sock project in the side of my handbag on my way out the door. And I found myself reaching for it when I got to my destination. This was the beginning of the end. Before I knew it, I was that person who took her knitting everywhere. My son Alex was having a lot of his daytime naps in the car at the time, so I was quite often parked on the side of the road or out the front of someone's place, just sitting in the car waiting for him to wake up. He almost always fell asleep just before we got to our destination, which was super annoying. I can't remember the exact first time but when I started using this idle time to knit I was a changed person. What was once a situation that caused me to be really annoyed and restless became knitting time. It was peaceful and enjoyable and when Alex would wake the two of us seemed to emerge from the car so much happier. It wasn't too long before I was not only knitting in the parked car but also when I was catching up with friends, in the park, in the doctor's waiting room, at dinner parties, you know, wherever. When I was a new mum, I had a lot of anxiety and I think having my knitting with me was a bit of a security blanket. It was a comfort to know that it was there if I needed it and I think I really did need it. I have two boys now. Alex, who used to sleep in the car, is now five. Patrick is 20 months, I'm running my own yarn business and the dynamics of my days are a lot different to what they were back when Alex was a newborn. Now I might steal the opportunity to knit when the kids are playing in the sandpit or when they're watching one of their favourite movies. The majority of my knitting is done at home at the moment I guess but I still do have that big handbag and there's always a knitting project or two in it, just in case. Thank you again so much, Rebecca, for being part of today's podcast. If you listening have a knitting story in mind that you'd like to share sometime, please get in touch. I would love to not only hear your story, but also to share it on a future podcast episode. I'm always looking for new stories to share. If you're interested in learning more about August Bird, 
and her special tea club spots. I'll be providing a link to her website as well as to her yarn on Ravelry in the show notes of this episode. And of course, you can find her directly at augustbird.com. Well, everyone, that about wraps up episode 91. It's good to be back at the microphone. And thanks so much to everyone for putting up with such a long break and for joining me again. I really appreciate the support from all of you listening. So just to remind you, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes of Never Not Knitting, can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to get in touch, feel free to email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. I'll be back for episode 92 at the end of October. Until next time! She won't even do the dishes The house plants, they're all dead Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad Bob Ramen again She just won't stop the stitching And the neighbors say it really is quite sad Nobody has clean laundry No pants, no shirts, no underwear But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had